Are you tired of all the dating games, rules, and societal norms that make falling in love confusing and stressful? Then join us as we ditch the script and empower you to establish healthy, conscious relationships. This weekly podcast breaks down popular dating reality television and educates you on healthy versus toxic dating habits. I'm Brianna, a licensed therapist. And I'm Alex, a trauma-informed and certified narcissist recovery coach. Are you ready to ditch the script? We were just singing YMCA. If you yeah. guys, if you guys don't watch our YouTube channel, you really should just hit that link in the description box of this podcast situation you're listening to, and go watch that for your own entertainment. Um, that wasn't planned. And it no, was, it wasn't. We did pretty good. We sing. We did really good. good. I saw you starting to do the YMCA, and I was like, "Oh, I'm about to get in this." And we did it. And then I like that we timed up our like uh, yeah. our our bridge, the bridge, yeah, yeah. I don't know the words. Me neither. You can hang Who with does? all the boys. Uh, Done. The internet. Young men. Well, you know what we shouldn't do? We actually shouldn't sing together while we record because our timing is always just like a hair off. So wow. in my in my headphones just now, we were perfectly synced up. And I can mm. imagine <laughs> once we hear this back, we're gonna be like, oh you know. Oh, no. It is what it is. Thanks for coming to our concert. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're um, welcome, you guys. Hi. Uh, hey. How you doing? Well, it's been a crazy couple of days, and I had For to check real? on the. I had Jesus to check up Christ. on the internet. Yeah, it's been a lot. I had to check the internet to see if there was like a full moon, which there isn't. I think there's a full moon next on like July third. A maze. Okay, great. What's going on in the world? In the planets? Uh, in the stars? It just feels like everyone that I've ever touched mouths with is reaching out to me. Oh shit! They're coming out of the cobwebs. Yeah. yeah, they're coming out of the cobwebs. Like, um, yeah. I mean, it, first of all, it's breakup season over here. Oh, it's breakup season over here, and that person still reaching out. Okay. We got other people from years past still reaching out. We've got people from a year ago. Yeah, telling me that they miss me. I mean, duh. Okay, yeah, so duh. really what we're learning here is like, y'all, Brie is a motherfucking catch. And if you can't figure that out, I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for you. I pity you a Here's little. The thing. But also, I don't want to be with these people. And that's okay, too. You know what I mean? Like, that's okay. <laughs> okay, I want to normalize that when you miss someone, just keep it to yourself. Inside thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Is that rude? Is that rude? No, to because say? here, let's unpack this a little bit, y'all. Okay, when you're reaching out to an ex to connect or say hey or whatever, you're really looking for soothing. You're really looking for reassurance. You're really looking for connection. Yo, you have friends for that. You got family yeah. for that. You got other people that you've dated or maybe are dating right now, which, by the way, if you're dating someone and hitting up an ex, we see you, cut that shit out. Not okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, let's be emotionally mature about this. You can miss someone and not reach out. I do it all the time. I do it all we the time. We do it too. all the time. I had a friend that sort of broke me out of a like uh, a frequent birthday like ritual with exes, oh, where okay. like 
the only um, time we would talk to each other is when it was their birthdays and then I'd be like hey happy yeah. birthday and then on my birthday they'd be like hey happy birthday and it was just like what are we gonna do we're gonna do that till we die I don't want to do real. that no and my friend was like we're hey, gonna do that till you know we die. <laughs> you could just say happy birthday to laughs. like the stars in the sky yeah you could just be like happy birthday totes there I'm yeah. assuming that they're not dead um, I literally I, like, do that with my narcissistic parent, with my ex-husband, whom I haven't spoken to in years. Right. right. You'll like, say sometimes happy birthday I'm like, to the universe. Okay? Are you alive? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. One hundred. Or just moon, like send send messages. Which is the universe. Yeah. Like energetically send you love without having to like be all up in your grill about it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's not yeah. necessary for them. It's not necessary for me. But like if they cross my mind, it's like I. Like, we can still send good juju. That's not the issue. It's like, what are you looking for with the reach out? You know? Like, what do you think is going to come for that? What is the goal you're seeking? You know? Because I can guarantee it's not just to be like, happy birthday. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I, You and I were just talking about this, but uh, this has been coming up a lot. I'm noticing the, the great variety in where all of our personal boundaries are um or rather where we want them to be but where we struggle to put them in place with our exes or people in our lives this could even be family members or friends that we were like not really trying to have relationships with anymore and i think it's so interesting because i was talking with someone about how they were like like how is it that you are able to set these boundaries for yourself to not reach out, even if you do miss someone. And I think through trial and error, trial and error of being a person who experienced being reached out to frequently and me feeling like, oh my God, thank God. Oh my God, thank God. And how much that made me feel out of control. Mm -hmm. And then something that came up when you and I were talking was the experience of having an ex that would have answered, but he would still answer me if I reached out to him right now. 100%. And, and like, if I, like, but when he and I were more freshly broken up uh, in, like, a year, in, like, the next year, if I was lonely or, I, I don't even want to say bored. I don't think it was out of boredom. I think it was out of loneliness and feeling not desired. Mm. I knew that this person made was a source of feeling desired for me. And so I would reach out to them to be like, just to say what's up or see how it was going. And then I realized after a while that like, they weren't telling me this, but I was actually noticing that this was fucking with them. Mm. And that wasn't actually cool. And then I remembered, oh, I've been on that side of things, different experience, different person, but like I've been there. Yeah. And so it's not enough for me to feel like, well, I miss them. So I should tell them. Eh. Maybe I just tell myself. Yeah. And the universe totes my goats. Um, You know, for me, it's a self-interrogation thing, kind of like what I just alluded to. It's like, what am I really looking for here? You know, like whenever I don't struggle with that temptation, I think I think also this is a, a, a reflection of like your own internal world of like how far along are you on your healing journey and your self-awareness I definitely think that's a thing because a lot of people just go on autopilot and so like they're just sending texts like miss you how are you whatever willy-nilly to their ex without any kind of conscious like 
thinking. Check it's in. just like, what am I doing? Like your thumb has a mind of its own and it's like, blip, send, right? And it's right. not it's not okay in the sense that like we that's the epitome of being unconscious right so for me it it really started with a gentle loving self-interrogation what are you really looking for out of this what are you really trying to soothe what do you think saying this or texting this is really going to bring you right and you know when i started to hear my my own responses it's like well i'm looking to calm down i'm looking to be soothed i'm looking for connection i'm looking to not feel lonely i'm looking for whatever it is then it's like oh well is sending this text really gonna bring that because let's unpack this even more y'all you're texting an ex someone that you may have been with for years right and you think that that's Mm -hmm. gonna make your loneliness feel better no, right. it's going to make you feel more lonely because that person's painting more of a picture of how you're not in each other's lives right now. You know what I mean? Mm, so mm-hmm. it's just like, it ain't the answer. The other thing I really, really, really want to say, and I I, I kind of want to call bullshit on this mindset of like, it's not okay to block or hide or mute people's stories or like, I'm so over this. Like, yo, we used to not even have, we used to not have cell phones. We used to not have the internet. Like, Think about the generation that came before us. Like they only had telephones, landlines that they had to be home to coordinate a time to connect and you had snail mail and that's about it. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. early 90s, some email. And so you really had to be intentional about connecting with someone, reaching out and being in someone's world. In a way, breaking up was, I'm going to use this word easier back then because we didn't have social media where it was like we had access in milliseconds to everybody on the goddamn planet. And so I think because this has been so normalized where we do have this like, I can open Instagram and go look at my ex's profile. I can open Facebook or whatever and go look at my ex's profile. I can email them, I can text them, I can call them, I can FaceTime them, I can do all these different things. This is a new thing. And we have grown so quickly, we've become addicted to it that we forget that yes, it is normal to not have contact with someone who's in your life because back in the day you broke up and you didn't stand around by your landline hoping they were gonna call you, you know, right? Like maybe, (laughs) maybe, but you get what I'm trying to say. Like it wasn't something that like was programmed in us to have this kind of accessibility to one another so flippantly, you know? It is so crazy that I can break up with someone on a Tuesday and then I can know what it is that they're eating for lunch on a Thursday. Like that's insane. And I shouldn't, and they didn't even directly share that with me, you know, like that's, that's so crazy that I would be able to know that. And it's so easy to be able to find out what people are up to, even if they're not just like posting at them. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, weirdo times that we live in right now and there's a part of me that's nostalgic for being in like a cleaner cut like like what you were just describing of like we don't really have the means to access people so directly i i live for that i live for people not being able to reach out to me but i know that i am sort of a recluse in that way um but but again of course i'm not nostalgic for a time where it was just infinitely worse to be a woman so i'll stay here seriously yeah 100 <laughs> it's the weirdest thing it's like we have made so much progress while simultaneously like fucking ourselves in different ways it's just like uh, yeah this is the but human experience us. yeah yeah exactly. oh jesus man 
Oh, okay. Well, that's actually not the check-in that we were planning on having. We'll save the other one for another time. And let's just, let's, let's do what we came here to do. Let's do what we came here to do, which we are wrapping up the final episode and reunion of, I almost said love is blind. Nope. The ultimatum. Queer Queer love. Love. The queer experience, um, which I don't think is a fair representation of the queer experience, but here we are. This is what Netflix has given to us, so this is what we are working with. Um, Yes. I I believe we have a lot to discuss. That's what I believe. For real. Where do we start? I'm buckled into your roller coaster because I'm just like, lead me. Okay. I will follow you. I'll follow you okay. wherever Listen, you Listen, I got you, girl. So where we left off in the episode before the final episode was Mal's proposal to Yoli. Dun, dun, dun. How are we best going to do this? How are we best going to do this? I think we need to talk about the last episode, the engagement slash breakups, before we get to the reunion. Okay, And great. pretend like we don't. We can't, we, we can't pretend that we don't know what happens at the reunion but we're gonna but we need to i want to be able to focus on the content of the engagements and breakups with respect of where we were in time when we were learning about them first agreed okay i'm here with you thanks for riding this ride so yoli says yes to mal yeah she's strapped in yoli (laughs) says yes to mal which yeah she does at first i was like yay that was the right choice and then later on, and I, I'm jumping ahead, so we'll we'll go back in a moment. But then later on, when we see Yoli connect with Xander, which I understood, there's so much that is problematic to a, a waiting, a sitting partner in that. But I also understood the the validity of like the intensity of their connection that was like playing on them both, and how intense that was, and whatever. But I I then I was like. I don't think that these people should be anywhere near each other, point blank, period. Any of them. It was weird. It got weird. Yeah. It got so weird. Yeah, so I wasn't super stoked about her saying yes to Mal because I didn't think her heart was fully in it, and I don't think that's fair to Mal. Yes. Personally. You're right. For me. For, right. for me, myself, and I. This was my experience watching it. It was like, will you marry me? Like, Mal writes this beautiful, like, note, gets on a knee, does the whole thing. And Yoli's like, yeah. And it was, like, such a lackluster, yeah. Like, it didn't feel like, oh, my God, yes, I want to marry your ass. Like, let's fucking go. Like, let's do it. You know, it felt so, like, half, like, yes, I'll say yes to you, but my heart's with someone else. Basically, which is what she says to Mal right after she accepts the proposal, you know, and and Mal acknowledges, like, I've never disrespected your love for Xander. I get it. And it's just like, fuck, I kind of felt for Mal in that moment because it's like, ideally, you know, when you're when you're proposing to someone, they're all about you and their heart isn't with someone else. Yeah. So it was a little fucked in my opinion. I felt I felt bad for Mal and I'm like I want to recognize Yoli too cuz like I don't think Yoli's a bad person for saying yes. I think I think very much she went with the logical choice. She went with someone who whom she knows the patterning of like she's been in her world and for what 3 or 4 years and they've grown together and they've done life together for an extended period of time. Um so I understand why Yoli would choose that. Uh but 
the fact that she was so torn to me means she shouldn't have. It's like, don't propose, don't accept a proposal when you are torn. Mm. Right? So those are my feelings and thoughts. Totally. I have a question for you. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, yeah. If you were were a close confidant of Yoli's, are you saying that like – you would have you'd have suggested like, hey, don't accept this proposal. Take more time. Figure out what you want and who you want it with. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I feel like I and I mean I know the show. It's called the ultimatum because quite literally, you're either supposed to break up or get engaged. There isn't like a let's keep dating option. Um, but they do but that anyway. They end up I dating. Know. Exactly. Whatever. So I I really wish that that was the conversation instead of like, instead of her accepting Mal's proposal, I wish it was like a proposal to date in a new light, you know, like, look, I propose that moving forward, we're going to get a place together. uh, We are going to get our finances together where we can start looking at in vitro and all of that. Like, like that would be the, this is my proposal for us to take date, take our relationship to the next step and have a legitimate trial marriage to use the ultimatum verbiage, right? Amongst themselves for more than three fucking weeks, you know, anyone Mm -hmm. can live together for three weeks and it'd be Gucci. Like three weeks is not a test of time. Live together Mm -hmm. for a year go through all four seasons of the year start getting your finances in order and being honest with the other person about what the fuck's going on in there and see if you can build a life together i'm not saying you need to share joint checking accounts and all that shit you know we don't need to go that far but at least what are you laughing at me because so many people rush that too they're like let's put all our money together everything you're saying is right no this is gonna sound so stupid everything that you're saying is right but you had said something something like i'm not saying that you need to share a joint i thought you're just gonna stop (laughs) but maybe you should share a joint you guys Maybe get high I together think you should. and see what Maybe. that's like and see where your conversations go. Yo, there's a part of me that kind of feels if the world would smoke a doobie, we would have less problems, you know? So on a small level, <laughs> I'm, you know, being tongue in cheek. It's a personal opinion. Of course, I just, I, I did just, I did just think about how like, you know, how like some people get really, really, really anxious with weed. Oh yeah. Well, um, with appropriate but, strains. You know, I know, but I was just thinking about how like a lot of people who don't smoke or slash don't want to, cause they know that this is how it makes them feel. Yeah. They, uh, they, they think that they're having a panic attack. So a lot of times yeah. they'll actually call 911 to like have paramedics come out cause they think they're having a panic attack. So I was just, sorry. my brain went to this place where it was like the 911 would be no. lit up <laughs> for the day. That's all. That's all. Okay. Um, But yeah, I I would I would tell Yoli and Mal that I'd be like, look, if you want to choose Mal, like that's totally fine. Don't accept a proposal for marriage. Just date in a new consciousness now that you guys have like learned, figured some of your shit out, and you have things in your relationship you need to iron out before you take that next step. Like one hundred percent. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I think the reason why I was feeling like, well, there's a couple things. The reason why I was like, yay, I'm glad you only chose Mal. One, because I want to choose Mal. 100. And- <laughs> I'm like, yeah, duh. Yeah, I'm like, I want to be with Mal. Two, I think I think the reason why I was feeling it, because I, I tend to think about this a lot, where there is so much beauty that comes with being in a relationship and 
possibly building a life with someone that you feel passionately in love with. But it doesn't always mean that that's actually the right choice for you and what your life goals are. And I'm mm. going to sound a little like unsexy. cut and dry. Yeah, it's un- thank you. That's a better way unromantic. to describe it. It's un it's unsexy, it's unromantic, but the thing is it's like if you I'll speak it f- f- with regards to what we want, what we know Yoli's looking for. If Yoli's looking for marriage, children, life moving forward towards the family route, then she wants to pick a partner that is reliable in the ways that she finds them reliable. I don't know if that's how she felt about Mal. It seems like that that actually was where some of her hesitations were, which were about like Mal's like keeping a home, I think. But in reality, I see Mal being a very, very, very suitable partner for like motherhood and parenting because of their emotional stability and their, yeah. yeah, their emotional intelligence and the way in which they are just, I was just going to say, I just got lost. I was like, they're sexy as fuck. They really are. They are. But it just, they are, but, but also like, it's the way that they hold space for other people's emotions. That is such a turn on. And I think it makes such a good idea of a parent because Kids have big feelings. They're explosive. They can be really annoying. They're going to happen at the times when you are not prepared or wanting a a child. Yeah, it's not convenient for a child to be being a child. So you kind of want stuff like that within a partner to be like ready and available for things like this of nature. Anyway, my point is, is that it, there is room for making the conscious choice in dating a person whom you might not have the same passionate intimacy and relationship Mm. with compared to another connection that you have but if you find them to be the best fit for a longevity in your partnership and your life goals i think that there's room to to have that but i but it it clearly like wasn't going to be the match no no so yeah so that's that with mal and yoli should we go over to to Xander and Yoli or no because we yeah, should do Xander do and Vanessa first and then do Xander, Xander and Yoli. Vanessa, Xander and Vanessa okay. Xander and Vanessa so we're gonna jump over to Xander and Vanessa <laughs> um yo I literally my first note is I'm just screaming at the TV because <laughs> I'm like leave her Xander leave her yeah 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 um yeah Xander did not propose which Hallelujah. I think was yeah, which was the right thing to do. They just like, like even outside of whatever problematic behavior was displayed by Vanessa throughout the whole show, it's so clear that Xander was beginning to discover a side of themselves that existed that only could begin to blossom and flourish outside of this relationship. Mm. And that to me is like the most important thing. Agreed. Uh, and what I and what I think that they sort of sat with when they were like it's 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 like we have to just split off and do and try something else now what i didn't love was vanessa being like i've been accepting so like breadcrumbs from you yeah like I she was like, very much like what? put it on yeah it was weird it was so weird um and the other thing that vanessa said that i didn't like is my heart's been slowly breaking these last two months and it's like really because when you were with ray i didn't feel like your heart was breaking at all i felt you were like literally like xander's asexual she wouldn't be in a relationship if it wasn't for me like 
I didn't feel like your heart was breaking at all for Xander. I think the only time your heart started breaking was when you found out Xander fell in love with Yoli, and then you're like, whoops. Like, honestly, it felt like bullshit to me. Same. Just going to say yeah. it. I'm just going to say yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. are things, there were things in, um, here's, here's my thing about Vanessa in these, in these episodes is like, I don't think that these, that her, representation of herself is not authentic to her but i do think that it's saturated in defense mechanisms 100 percent yeah yeah very unhealthy coping very unhealthy defense yeah it's like i feel for vanessa because all of the things that we see in her that we don't like are coming from a place of unresolved trauma wounds of some sort habits patterns like that are ingrained from her childhood. Like, so, you know, again, I can I can look at Vanessa and be like, look, I really don't like how this girl is showing up. I really don't like how this girl is treating other people. But I don't think Vanessa's like doomed. If if she decides to work on herself and go to therapy and do the work, I think she has the potential. I think anyone has the potentiality to be an amazing version of themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and so in this moment i'm very protective of xander so i'm like team xander (laughs) but it doesn't mean that i'm anti vanessa it just means like girl like get your shit together so that you can be happier and more more fulfilled with the relationship you have with yourself and you don't feel the need to cope or defend in these ways that aren't serving you or the people around you yeah absolutely thanks for saying that i because like i know that we've given vanessa a whole lot of shit but i think I agree with you. There's room for Vanessa to challenge herself to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we just want Xander to, like, continue on the path that they're on. Because yeah. they're such a kind and honest person. Like, you can tell Seriously. that this person really values honesty um, in how they, ref- how they treat themselves and how they treat other people. So just yeah. want to see that continue to flourish okay um then xander goes to find yoli and it's i mean editing is also a thing but i guess like xander xander did say to yoli like i saw i spoke to vanessa this morning so that had to have happened already before um yeah yoli and xander connect and uh i it was weird i felt like i shouldn't be watching it same yeah same feel personal and xander finally spoke up and said that which i loved like get it girl um yeah uh yeah so we see these two come together and they're very lovey-dovey and affectionate and kind of i think soothing one another because it had been a hard morning um and xander expresses to yoli that she had uh broken up with vanessa and then Yoli expresses like, well, Mal proposed and I did say yes. And I took the ring off because I didn't know where you stood, which I thought that was a little weird. I was like, I get like, I, un- I'm, I'm like, did you take the ring off or did the producers make you take the ring off? Because I just don't under, you know what I mean? Like it just, I was like, I get it, but I don't get it. Like it felt a little like, whoop, gotcha. I'm actually engaged, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I love that. It did. It felt like that to me a little. Like, um, yeah, well, mm-hmm. I said yes to Mal and I took the ring off because I didn't know where you stood with Vanessa. It's like, why the fuck does that matter with whether or not you right. wear your ring? 
Um, so anyway, the funny thing is, you know, I mean, it's not funny. It's kind of heartbreaking. Yoli explains, like, I love you, though. And Xander feels the same. And so it was, uh, Yoli looks at Xander and is like, you want to run off together? And they try and flee from the cameras to get, like, a private moment. And the cameras, of course, are, like, following them. Got to get the tea. To which Xander finally is like, I think you guys got enough. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Man, it was it was emotional I, as fuck. I was having a hard time watching them reconnect and not imagining Mal watch that later yeah. and be like Dagger to the hey. heart. Yeah. But I think when we'll, we'll talk about it in the reunion, I think I think Mal's perception of what they ended up watching on the show is different than how Yoli expected Mal would feel and how I probably would feel. Um yeah, there were a lot of concerns that were brought up that I was like, hmm, it made me think about things differently. Yeah. You know? Well, but I think about it like yeah. this. Like, Mal is in this experience from Mal's eyeballs. Like, she's only inside Mal's body. So it's like mm-hmm. she very much sees and perceives everything the way that she's seeing and perceiving everything. And then she's mm-hmm. trusting her partner, Yoli, that at the facts that Mal is receiving from Yoli, that that is 100% fact. She is giving Yoli that benefit of the doubt, that full-on trust of like, okay, you're owning it with me, you're telling me. And so when Mal watches this entire thing back, she's now seeing what's happening behind closed doors when Mal in real time wasn't around, you know, and what Yoli's experience was and what was actually said and what was actually done. That might've been slightly distorted or a half truth that Yoli relayed in real time. So I can, I, I get that. Like that has to be like a whole new, like I'm sure all of them are grieving again now that they've seen it from all of the different perspectives of the show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What's Why your, do you guys do this your... to yourself? <laughs> what, like go on these shows? Yeah. I actually, so after I finished, I thoroughly lurked everybody. Everybody. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I love how Ray posted and she was like, can we all just laugh at the fact that instead of going to couples therapy, we signed up for this reality TV show? And I was rolling on the floor laughing because I was like, yeah, let it, let, let's all laugh at that. Like... <laughs> Right. Oh, there's a couple people that I didn't, whose profiles I didn't go to. I didn't go to Ray's. I didn't go to, I guess I didn't go to Yoli's and I didn't go to Mildred's. I saw Tiff. I saw Vanessa. I saw Xander. I saw Mal. What did I see Mal? see Sam. Oh, I guess Mal. I didn't see those. There's some people. Okay, there's a lot of people. I-, I did everybody except Mildred. I didn't give a fuck about that one. Is that bad? Yeah, you were like, fuck you, Mildred. Yeah. Um, I had a fight response come online towards Mildred. Uh, come yeah. at you. Hold my ears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get there. We with will. why we feel that way. But um, Pumping the brakes. Pumping the brakes. Yeah, we're pumping the brakes. Okay, let's actually talk about them because uh, they were our next proposal. Tiff and Mildred meet on a beach or a pier or something. I don't know. Whatever. Somewhere with a beautiful view of the ocean. <laughs> it was hot and sticky. And they were, they were, propo- like, they're talking, they're, like, talking to each other. And before, I guess it would be Tiff's job to propose to Mildred. Um, and just the only thing that came up for me while they were talking, I was like, what are they actually saying to each other? For real. I'm so tired. We see that a lot on these shows, don't we? Like, so much prose 
and like poetry with no goddamn substance. It's like, what the fuck? Like, what exactly? What are we I've... listening to? Yeah, like, what do you guys? I, I like, if I was a producer, I would have been like, whoa, 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 wait, Tiff. Can you? What's what's your point? What are we yeah, saying? What does that I don't mean? even. I don't Put have the anything. Nicholas Sparks novel down. Like, yeah, it was just it was all very lofty. Like, it was all very intangible how they feel about each other and their hopes and dreams for one another and their relationship. And I was like, none of this is grounded. This feels so frou-frou. I don't know. Yeah. It was just, it It felt like putting lipstick on a pig to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I really didn't like that I made a note of, and this is going back to what we were going to talk about, but it's coming up here. Mildred says this interesting thing, and I, you know, I wanted to shout this from the goddamn rooftops, because this is a concept we really need to get away from. Mildred's like, I'm not sure if you'll love me unconditionally. And here's the deal. Unconditional love doesn't equate to unconditional tolerance. And I feel like that's what Mildred is trying to say here, is like, my the aspects of myself that you don't like, you're not going to just accept and love them. But Mildred has some toxic qualities that are very emotionally unsafe. And uh, mm. we find out physically unsafe too, eventually. But it's like, you know, no. why should I tolerate that? Like abuse is abuse mm-hmm. is abuse, you know? And it's like, no, I'm going to unconditionally love you for the aspects of yourself that, you know, might feel shame or might feel scared, right? Of course. But I'm not going to tolerate you treating me however you feel like treating me and call that love. And this is where a lot of abuse survivors get stuck because they're like, doesn't unconditional, because abusers will say something like that. And so then Mm -hmm. they follow this scripting of like, well, if I really love them, I should go back to them. I should give them grace. I should let them treat me this way. I should be able to suck it up and deal with it because that's what love is. And it's like, no, yo, that's what Stockholm syndrome is. (laughs) That is not love. Yeah. So that's exactly right. I had to name it. I had, so we're naming it and flags are red and they are waving. (laughs) <laughs> they're waving and they're neon that's neon red yeah but yeah that's it's it's manipulative to say you're supposed to unconditionally love me you're supposed to love me unconditionally and to to your point i don't think i could say it better it's like loving there there actually should be conditions with the love that i give and the love that i receive because I am not in a position mm. to just forever forgive and love a person who treats me poorly or actually abuses me, is yeah. my abuser. You don't get to tell me that I am breaking, I'm not doing my part by not loving you unconditionally because mm. when you'll literally treat me like trash, garbage. Yep. yep. And then expect me to not react or have feelings about it. Like, yeah. no, no, yeah, no. So, um, sus, they get engaged, throw up a little bit in my mouth, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next, Aussie and Sam. Aussie and Sam, uh, come together. And this was a couple where I didn't know what was going to happen with them. Same. Same. Um, what's interesting is I feel like at this stage of the show, Aussie is still sort of in Aussie's trauma response. Mm. Can I tell you why? Yes, please because share. Aussie, share with the Aussie class. Keeps, 
Aussie keeps like I appreciated Aussie's perspective of I thought that I had to be the perfect like everything like mm. perfect partner perfect like something and perfect kid and it seems like Aussie is still very much like in that I think that I think Aussie's really I think Aussie needs a lot of healing support yeah from what they went through because they're relating to the experience of being a kid who just like couldn't wasn't ever celebrated wasn't ever praised wasn't ever told that Aussie was like doing the right thing and um, she was enough or sorry Aussie was enough just by being Aussie yeah yeah so I just it made me fearful of like it, I guess the reason why I was having a hard time where I was like I was seeing that and then I see Aussie and Sam go into potentially a um a proposal which again for mm-hmm. the show I get it it's like propose or break up propose or break up but I don't think that someone should make big decisions like that while they're still trying to figure out where it is that they are needing support in their healing journey. That's okay. Wait, I just, I'm sorry. I, I chuckled there, which is kind of fucked up on my part, but let me explain my chuckle. How many people do get engaged from a trauma response? So fucking many, so fucking many. And it's like, you know, Oh my God, this is my last ditch effort to save this relationship. And it's like, Yo, that isn't the answer, you guys. If you are if you are going to try and get engaged and married as a lastest effort to save or have a baby, yo, sign up for couples therapy. Don't go on a reality show. Don't go on. Don't get married. Don't you have babies. No, 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 no. Do your inner work. Do your inner work. The only way anything in our own lives get better and with get better, get better and within our own relationships get better is ourselves our relationship with self it all starts with us and so yeah that was that was i feel you i wasn't as uncomfortable i get what you're saying i wasn't as Mm -hmm. uncomfortable with it i think because i'm so in love with these two and how Mm. emotionally intelligent they are that i have a lot of hope but they do Mm. need the tools they do need the tools they do need the support i think they would highly benefit from a third party with couples therapy and i and i agree Aussie absolutely needs to do their trauma work with a practitioner, ideally who is queer as well and like can like so that's that safe space they can relate, they can have those conversations. Yeah. Um but you know, and I think fucking Netflix should pay for it. That's what I think. Oh my god, <laughs> Netflix should be paying for people's therapy All of them. after they get All out of, of these them. shows. Mildred, Vanessa, it's like Oprah. Oprah, you get therapy, you get therapy, you get therapy like Everybody gets therapy. Yeah. I don't know why that's not already a thing. I think Period. it should be packaged into the goddamn show. I think every reality there was, show. I'm getting there was a, I need to uh, calm down. A, the, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just regulate for a second. I'm getting um, mad. <laughs> there's a, a clip of Sam on a podcast um, where Sam's talking about how she, she ex- acknowledges and has reflected since that she could have done a better job of like exploring with Aussie what Aussie was going through in Aussie's trial marriage with Mildred. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we were saying. We were like, and and Sam was like, th- I think things would have played out differently for Aussie and I had I taken the time to be like, whoa, what are we dealing with here? 
Well, let's give, I hear Sam and I fucking, this is why I love this girl. Like, yes, yes. Like Sam really does a good job of leading by example on like taking, like, you know, she's not perfect. And we see this in this moment, um, with, 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 uh, Aussie when they enter their trial marriage, but let's give Sam the benefit of the doubt. She's not assuming that there's an abusive person on this show. She's not assuming that Mildred is utilized. So of course she's not going to know, you know, she's just from her point of view, she doesn't realize that what, what Aussie went through with Mildred was fucking traumatizing. It was verbal, emotional abuse. And so I'm sorry to go from that environment back into your original relationship without much decompression time. Again, nor having a trauma-informed therapist around to assist with processing and all that stuff. Of course, she's going to be more easily triggered. She's fresh out of that environment. You know what I mean? So it's like, I applaud Sam for having that realization, especially probably after watching back the show and kind of seeing like what Aussie went through with Mildred. But at the same time, Sam didn't know what Sam didn't know in real time. True. You know? Very true. Um, So like, she's not... I, and I don't think Sam has a malicious bone in her body where she's going to be like assuming that someone is of that nature on a show like this either. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, so let, do we want to talk about the proposal with them? Oh too? yeah. Sam and Sam and Aussie's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aussie presents, um, a rock sort of inspired by the way that penguins yeah. present a rock. And I thought it was very cute and also was like, what? is happening like I thought it was just gonna be that because it's kind of where they're at where I was like oh that's where they're at um but then Aussie was like "Uh, but I also have this other rock (laughs) yeah an engagement rock hey yeah Yeah. um I thought it was so Aussie I really did like I thought the it's a labradorite I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, but it's a crystal that is a protection stone. It's in the shape of a heart. And I think Aussie is that kind of person, like just to, and I love that about her, you know, I love that they nerd out on, um, you know, penguins finding when they find a life partner, they go and find the best rock and present it as a, you know, their version of a proposal. And she felt that that was resonated with them. And she got this protection crystal, which was picked with intent on her part to protect their connection. Like, I just thought that was really fucking cute. And then yeah, it's hilarious that she's like, and you know, yeah, I'm also going to propose. Here's your ring. Yeah, um, yeah. It was cute. It was cute. I also love how honest Sam is when she's like, no, I wasn't going to be okay with just a rock. Like, <laughs> <laughs> This is why I like them. I'm like, they're honest with each other and they accept each other through their honesty, you know? Yeah, um, I do too. And so so they get engaged. And I, I honestly, like the note I have is I have the most hope for these two if, in all caps, they get the support and tools they need. So I was interested to see how they would show up on the reunion because if I'm being scared, I was really scared to see if they broke up. So yeah, yeah. did we talk about everyone? Can we go to the reunion? Now? No. Oh, Ray no, and we Lexi. Didn't. Yeah, yeah. I have like no notes on them. Yeah, I I, I, like, I, I, out. I <laughs> mine literally says Ray proposes to Lexi. Lexi says Same. yes. <laughs> I'm like they get engaged. That's literally um, it. Well, because I mean, here's the reason why I don't have any notes. It, it it's was, like I it was, I was whatever. Yes, it, it, I feel it, like it was it like was what we were saying expecting. about Mildred and Tiff. Yeah, yeah, like and a I lot think, of lofty words. 
Yeah, lots of lofty words. And and honestly, like knowing Lex, obviously I don't know Lexi, but knowing Lexi a little bit better while watching her on the show, like it was really like you're doing this for me or you're getting out of Dodge. And I don't, and I think Ray's experience on the show wasn't this, I'm going to go explore a different connection and explore my feelings about commitment and marriage. Ray's experience was I fucked around with Vanessa and all of a sudden it was the next four weeks were about me trying to win my partner's trust back. So their time spent on the show wasn't really how other people were spending time on the show. This was like, you did something that I didn't like and now you're just, it's, so I think Ray's proposal was sort of a, a trauma response. It was like, I need to, I need to be able to hold on to this person. Um, otherwise I'm going to lose them. And they weren't prepared to lose them. They'd been working really hard to not lose them after Mm. what happened with Vanessa and kind of ditching all of the things that were, uh, ditching all of the things that was stressing Ray out about marriage and commitment and maybe marriage and commitment to this particular person that's something that i wish that she explored like yes i have a thing about commitment yes i'm scared about marriage but maybe here's why i'm scared about marriage and commitment with lexi because i have fears you know yeah yeah it's it's interesting how people avoid that kind of contemplation of like what are the fears I have is this a fear in general or is this a fear with this partner because not all relationships are the same and there are certain things that like every partner is going to trigger us in different ways and we get to choose like what partnership am I willing to sign up for where this is might be a consistent trigger something I need to work through something I need to we need to meet in the middle on right like like again unsexy unromantic but it's fucking facts like there isn't someone out there that's going to never trigger you or never hurt your feelings or never do something that upsets you or do everything your way. Like that is just not fucking possible. And in fact, that's not relationship. That's just control. So it's like, you know, we need to accept the fact, the unsexy, unromantic fact that relationships are two imperfect people coming together, which means that we get to decide do I like, do I love you and I love being in relationship enough with you to work through this together? Do I feel safe to work through this together? Do you honor my and respect my triggers the way that I honor and respect your triggers? Or are you going to bulldoze me when I'm feeling triggered and push me to suck it up? Like, these are the things that we, we need to ask ourselves and contemplate because it's, again, choose your own adventure, right? And mm-hmm. so don't choose an adventure with a partner that is committed to triggering you and then blaming your reaction as the problem. Like, no, you know? Um, and so, yeah. And I mean, not, that's not necessarily the case with Ray and Lexi, but it very much is like Lexi is ready to get married now. And there is no other option for Ray, which isn't conducive to Ray exploring Ray's needs and desires and the partnership she wants. She's mm-hmm. just being bulldozed into this thing. So mm-hmm. not the vibes, not the vibes. Um, okay, now let's go to the reunion and and, and get okay. right to, to to them. So Back Lexi to Ray, and Ray, Lexi. they from the, I was surprised to see that they were act, they seemed genuinely happy. Now I they knew did. I knew that there was no version of Lexi that was gonna be this emphatic about marriage and a proposal and her life goals and tra la 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 and get on the reunion and not fully stand by 
everything I'm that's right. happened. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy. There was there yeah. was I I expect that I'm from proving. Lexi. When I say they seemed really happy, I'm actually speaking on what I observed from Ray. Yeah, Ray. I Ray. I trust more to like. Yeah. To see what's going on in her face and her body language. Yeah. She doesn't, she's like, I feel like Ray's like me, like she struggles to hide her emotions, you know, like when Mm -hmm. she's actively feeling them. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I agree. She, her face was lit up. She seemed really happy. She seemed really calm and confident and grounded in her body. Like, honestly, it was the best version of Ray I've seen on this entire show. I was like, damn, bitch, you showing up. She's like, hey, look at me in my burnt orange hot gown. Yeah, she looked great. (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) What? <laughs> what? No, it, was, it was just, it was like, she did, she did look great, but it was like, it wasn't just, I mean, I know that you're not saying this, but it, it's not just what she looked like. It was like, it was everything. The aura. It was yeah, the whole her aura, aura. Was lit up. Yeah. Everything. She was beaming. And that's and magnetic. The, yeah. It was beautiful. I, I was, it was, I was happy to see it. It was interesting. Okay. So transparency. I watched the reunion twice. I watched the reunion and then watched it again yesterday because I was like, I need to go back. Let's refresh. Okay. Let's refresh. And then what? Well, so we learn at the end of the reunion that Lexi yes. and Ray are no longer together. Dun-dun. So, yeah. And which was like shocking to me. Now, it's like it should be shocking, but it was because yeah. well, they, they were looked pic- so great. Exactly. Yeah. And then it so was like a I, shell shock. They're like, by the way, they broke up. It was like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, what a, <laughs> what a mic drop. But so that's why I also want – I wanted to go back and revisit, like, Mildred and Tiff's whole thing and, like, look at that through a different lens. But I wanted to go back and li- and sort of see how we were talking about Ray and Lexi's relationship. Everyone was co-signing. Everyone was, like, like such a – like strong endorsement of their relationship and going the distance and feeling really good about this connection. And of course we have the host who's like, you know, like, let me get me like, I can't wait for the invitation, like whatever. But so yeah, it was just bizarro. So something that was said by Ray that I actually kind of want to talk about behavioral science on, because I think this is a great thing to know about ourselves. Talk your talk. (laughs) is um ray expresses she's like it's like when i finally just made the decision that i was gonna marry lexi all of my fears went away and everything's been so much better since then and so this actually they've done studies on people who overanalyze and this was this was me um people who for example like read every single amazon review and like have to look at like maybe competitor products like multiple competitor products read all the reviews look at like the ratings and all this stuff and people are less satisfied with purchases when they do that but the people who are less obsessed with reviews and ratings and stuff and they're like oh my friend has this brand of uh espresso machine i'm just gonna go buy that espresso machine because that's what my friend has they are more satisfied with their purchases yep and so (laughs) the more satisfied or the one that's like let me read everything oh i can't be bothered i'm like you like it i like it brie and i are opposites yeah i've had beautiful harmony yeah, I have had I have had to get out of this because it, it was a thing. So the same thing happens in relationships, right? When we are dating someone and we are so in our head about 
oh my God, what if there's someone out there that's better for me? Oh my God, what if, what if, what if? Let me go look at this person. Let me just get on the dating apps and swipe a little bit more. Let me go down a date with this person. You are never going to be satisfied with the person across from you because of what you're doing to yourself. But if you just Mm -hmm. make the commitment to be like, you know what, this person's in front of me. I'm enjoying their company. I'm enjoying getting to know them. And you just choose to commit to dating that person. You will be more satisfied with what ends up coming down the road. So Ray is an example of that. She's like, she was in her head. She had been with Lexi for four years. There was still parts of her that were questioning. Now, do I think that this was necessarily the healthiest thing for Ray? No, I think as to what Brie and I were saying before, um, that Ray really needed to sit with what was coming up for her and her fears and like get more specific on like, what is it within Lexi that's triggering these concerns of mine? Or is this just something that Ray is fueling within herself? Those are two very different things, right? It's like, is the espresso machine causing my discomfort? Or is it the fact that I read ratings or reviews that that espresso machine was faster and that's what I'm hyper fixating on, right? Just to like zoom out and give you an example, right? Is is it my partner (laughs) triggering this concern? Or is it the fact that I'm over here thinking the grass is greener elsewhere that's causing my Mm -hmm. concern right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. um i just wanted to share that because i think it can be helpful for those of us who might identify as a overanalyzer and and it's a tool to use but it's also a version of contemplation that we need to look at there's two versions is it coming from within me or is it coming from something outside of me that's super useful yay amazing I wonder if Ray is, uh, my hope is that Ray has learned from this experience of like, Mm. my hope is that Ray is more familiar with the inner voice that was Mm. probably speaking up a lot in their relationship now that they're broken up. This is like, like the. I, I truly want us to start looking at breakups through like a workable lens, a positive lens, because breakups oftentimes mean that there's so much room for you to be able to like connect with the version like every time I break up with someone I'm like hello hello old friend first of all second of hello, all doctor, smile, friend. <laughs> hello old friend and also I'm like okay now is my time to be able to check in with myself of like what were the things that I was fully ignoring that I'm only now like feeling more freedom to be able to confront because they have mm. less risk attached to them. Yeah, love it. This is huge. Huge. This is huge. And I and it, it's it's an opportunity to deepen and develop that relationship with yourself. People ask in in my services and I'm sure in yours as well all of the time, how do I build my confidence? How do I build that yes. trust with myself? How do I build my inner voice? And I'm yep. going to tell you 9 times out of 10, it's it's paying attention to your inner voice a little bit. If you can't, if you're not prepared to do anything about it yet, at least like write her down. Yeah. Write her let down. Let her be fucking heard. Yep. Yeah. Let her be heard. Call a person who's a safe person. Who's not necessarily going to take that information and, and, de- and demand that you do something with it now. You know, yeah, it's that. uncomfortable. No. It's uncomfortable to tell a friend to be like, Hey, I'm having doubts about this person and for that person not to be like, I don't like that for you. You should break up with them. Why are you still with them? You're still going to be with that person for real. When you told me X, Y, and Z about them, we all have people like that. Sometimes there are moms. Don't tell your mom if that's the case, tell her some other shit. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> tell her some other shit. This, but this is what I mean. So it's like, let's say you, you get through the breakup alive. We hope. And you're on the other side and you're like, okay, this sucks. What is it that my voice was trying to say that is actually so much easier to sort of engage with now? What does that tell me about myself? 
Yeah, and then you take that information with you into the next relationship. Next thing you know, boom, you are found yourself in a relationship with a partner that's infinitely better of a, of a match for you than the last one. Is it going to be perfect? Probably not. Is it going to be the perfect person that you've been looking for that ends your, relation, your experience dating? Also, maybe not. That's okay, but it will be a better experience and there will be more opportunities for you to learn more about yourself yep. even in that. Yeah. Thank you. That was a maze. You did so You're good. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Coming up there. <laughs> okay. So who do we want to talk about next? Oh. I feel like we need to I spin think we should... the wheel of names. Vanessa and Xander. I would Let's like do to. It. Can I own a truth? Yes. Obviously. <laughs> I'm down. I, I, I know. I always ask that here and then I, like I don't know what I expect from you and like you're gonna be like yeah of course um i yes bitch vanessa did not bother me in this reunion oh at all good for you she bothered yeah, me. yeah i'm i'm alone am i alone um no i think look let me let me be clear i think vanessa made steps i yeah don't know if i trust the steps mm. ah uh-huh yeah totally you know, she, she's been on blast. She, like, watching that back, I mean, she said some really awesome, wonderful things. But I'm like, is this a PR stunt? Is she saying this to kind of be like, let me, you know? So I see what you're saying. I agree with that. And I'm all, per, for me, there's parts of me that are like, I don't know if I trust you. I don't know yeah. if I trust it fully. But yes, do those things. And then I'll trust well you. What what parts are what parts were those for you? What I loved the most about what Vanessa shared with us at all on this reunion is I recognize that I'm the loud, bold person. I need to make a joke out of everything because that is one of her mm -hmm. coping and defense mechanisms. And she said that she's committed for her goal this year is to be more calm and serious. But it's like it's not like I'm like yes, amaze. Yes, Vanessa, please do that. And if they demonstrate that in their personal life with friends, family, lovers, and everything in between and on social media and stuff, amaze. Like, thank you. Sh prove to the world that people can change because I do think a lot of people don't think people can change. And I do. We're literally in this industry because we believe people can change. Yeah. Um, so I think that's great. It's just I'm, I'm concerned. It's more about than just being calm. You know, I'm going to be calm and serious. It's like, how are you holding space for your inner world? How are you showing up? It's more tangible than just these two mm -hmm. emotions. You know what I mean? So I'm mm -hmm. just curious to see how she brings that into fruition. Mm -hmm. The end. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and I and I hope that when she says I want to be calm and serious, she she doesn't just mean like I'm, I'm just quieting part. a part of myself. Yeah, to to show up as a different version, one that's a more palatable version. Um mm. Yeah, because that could be a trauma response. She's coping yeah. to be accepted instead of really right. being who she is from a grounded place. Yeah, exactly. Now, I don't think that all of that boisterousness is exactly who she is. I think that that's also mm. sort of a, a, an effort to self-soothe. Um, yes. And I'm curious who Vanessa is. I hope that she's curious who she is as well. But I agree. Like. I think that what she displayed shows some indication that she, if if this is true for her, mm -hmm. then she's on the right track to yes. develop like 
a better a better relationship with herself which is ultimately what i really want because it will serve her better in her relationship and it will serve her partners her future partners a lot better yeah um yeah so that's i don't know i thought i think i think that why i was surprised is because she showed up so differently than how i expected that she was going to show up yeah uh and i was excited that she wasn't just someone who was like stealing attention away there was that weird little moment with yoli we'll get there that one yeah there was that weird little moment about um sorry did you just hear my phone ring no okay cool my my phone started ringing and then it rang in my headphones (laughs) and i was like does everyone hear what's happening Okay, cool. Well, um, yeah, there was a weird little moment where Vanessa was bringing up uh, like a a data point about Mm. between Xander and Yoli. But at first I was like, "Mm, why are we bringing that up? And now I like, I think about it differently. Okay. Okay. Let's go to to Mal and Yoli. Okay. We don't want to finish Vanessa and Xander yet? Xander. No, you're (laughs) good. Yeah, Xander, <laughs> Vanessa, they have had no communication at all. They heeded Brianna's advice. They were like, we hear you, Bri, from the interwebs in retrograde a year <laughs> later. And we have not communicated for the last, it sounded like almost a year, which is amazing. Good for them. Thank God. that yeah. They needed that. They both needed that. They did. And Xander says she struggled. Um with she has she Xander very much admits like I had this end goal of marriage and children and I was so hyper fixated on it um but then what is like how she articulates it you know it's like who is the partner I'm choosing to be with in this marriage and have kids with right um and so I love that for them um and you know Xander gets emotional expressing like you know, romantically, Vanessa is not a thing for her, um, but she feels that she might be able to get her friend back with Vanessa, which I am like, okay, great. If you guys can figure out a way to just be friends without there being any romance or without my biggest concern is assuming if, if let's just say asterisk, if Vanessa hasn't changed her ways, that's my only thing is like, is there going to be that emotional manipulation and it'll slide right back into what it was, you know? Um, And then meanwhile, Vanessa says that she can acknowledge they're not getting back together, but is very emotional over the fact that they're not uh, getting back together. And those are all my notes that I have. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? Unpack? Yeah. I like if I'm inclined to trust Vanessa, which parentheses, I'm not. If I'm inclined (laughs) to trust Vanessa, I understand where she's coming from. She's she's grieving, you know, um, She's grieving their friendship. Their, she's grieving their relationship. She's grieving their connection. Like, she misses the person that she was with um, totally. as the person that they are. Yeah. Um, but because I'm not totally inclined to trust Vanessa, what it does, what it could represent is sort of this, I'm trying to keep the door open and I want you to know that I'm still an option, which yeah. I think is really dangerous. Agreed. Yeah. I'm really glad that Xander's in Hawaii, yo. Like she's I didn't know that Xander lived the mainland. in Hawaii. Yeah, I basically followed everybody that I liked from this season. By the way, just a side note here: Ray's fucking hilarious. Like, yeah, going. Oh, we aren't. 
uh, we haven't talked about, well, I guess we have talked about Ray and Lexi go- breaking up. Mm-hmm. She posted mm-hmm. a thing on her Instagram that's like, we broke up because, and so she starts like talking. She's like, look, all of you have been asking about why Lexi and I broke up. So I'm just going to like keep it super real and be transparent. And then she Rickrolled everybody. <laughs> she didn't do anything. Yeah. She just, no, I just that's wanted hysterical. To, Never got to give uh, you up. Yeah, yeah. I was like yeah. dying laughing. She's my kind of girl. Um, yeah. But anyway. I don't know why I felt the need to share it. I've, I realized Xander is in Hawaii from my lurking of them. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, um, yeah, Xander's in Hawaii. And did Vanessa live in L.A. or Did Colorado. Vanessa live in – yeah, Vanessa lives in L.A. now. But did she – were they living together when they were together? Bro, I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> I, 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 there's so much information that we don't have. Um, yep. Okay. And that's Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad Xander's in Hawaii. Like she's not even on the mainland for Can I make like, an observation? You know, make it. Xander seemed really tired to me. Really they tired did. in the yeah. face. And they I did. was concerned because there was I, I couldn't really put my finger on it, but like Xander looked great. Um yeah. but there was something about like the spirit her aura in their was eyes. Not <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was something about the spirit in her in their eyes that like I feel like I saw more wonder and curiosity in their eyes while on the show that on the reunion I was like, What have you been going through? Yeah, bro. I agree. You okay? I think Xander yeah, I think, I mean, it could be lack of sleep from anxiety about the reunion. It could be totally. the travel. It could be all of those things combined. Oh, yeah, it, it is be, Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, like, there's so many different things, but I saw it, too. Okay, thanks for validating And that. I very much saw it, yeah. And I and we, we're not going to really know what that's about, you know? We really won't, and it's sad. But this just goes to show that energetics isn't bullshit. Like... It's mm-hmm. not. I you and I'm talking about someone who used to think it was a bunch of hippie woo woo spiritual new age bullshit. I was like, yeah, that's baloney. Energy, energy work. No, it's a thing because look at like even just looking at the re- you can see it all. You see it all. Well, and what's funny about it, the reunion is you and I watch these shows. We don't watch them together. We don't watch no. them physically together. We don't watch them and talk about them right after. We don't talk about the shows no. until. We get here, here and we start talking about it together. And so that's a little inside back door to our engineering room. But Ugh. like, but it, you and I both noticed the same thing about Ray's presentation. You and I are both noticing the same thing about, um, about Xander's presentation. And just to clarify, this has nothing to do with like what they're wearing, what work no. they've done to their face, what like what, what these people no. look like. Yeah. Um, it has everything to do with like, <laughs> soul what glow fu- yeah yeah what the fuck is going on with you bro <laughs> yeah this is a great you know where i see this within myself and then i think people will kind of understand what we're trying to say here when mm. i look back on my the photos of myself when i was dating my most unhealthy ex right yeah when i look that back at those even though he's not even in any of those pictures but i was out with friends or something where you know i'm drinking going out whatever you can see how unhappy i am despite me having a smile plastered on my face you know and so that's kind of what we're saying here is like xander fucking sick ass navy suit super sick chucks like 
looked hot as always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was the energy. It was the quality of what we like the eyes are the windows to the soul type vibes. Like it just wasn't, she, they weren't fully there. They weren't fully energetically happy. It was like, it felt like yeah. a half empty glass. It was it was kind of sad. It was sad. It made me sad. I'm I when we're talking about this right now, um, just again for clarity, excuse me, clarity, we're speaking in a pl- coming from a place of concern and compassion. Like yeah, we really want this person to be okay. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, I'm scared or worried, <laughs> concerned. Yeah, worried and concerned. I want to talk about Mildred and Tiff last, so let's just get Mal to and Yoli. Mal and Yoli, Sam and Aussie. Slash Xander. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's. This was, this was wild. Um, so Joe Swisher asks, like, how are you guys, Mal and Yoli? You still engaged? Are you married? And they kind of, there's like a beat of a pause, and Mal's like, we're happily broken up. Mm-hmm. Um, Yoli starts to share that two weeks after the experience, Mal goes back to her old old ways, but Mal says that that's not honest. So there's a little bit of they said, she said type vibes up in here. Um, and they ended up spending time apart. Um, and then Mal starts to kind of express like some of the things that we didn't know were happening while the show was filming right like yoli messaging mal while yoli was with xander saying like you're it i know what i'm gonna choose and that's probably another reason why mal was so blindsided that yoli fell in love with xander right um what else did she share that was shocking oh mal was surprised about when um yoli and xander were having the moment that we just unpacked last week where xander was like let's get married right um when they were supposed to be kind of like low-key parting ways or accepting the fact that they're back with their og partners uh mal was under the impression that it was kind of like a breakup combo not like a let me hold your hand and propose to you type combo um mm-hmm. so yeah there was a lot of shocking truths to be revealed here and i think all of these shocking truths add up to what mal's primary concern is in their relationship which is the dishonesty because again surprising to me and probably many people mal didn't take so much of an issue with yoli's affection love for yeah and love for xander mal (laughs) was like you guys were cute (laughs) mal is so grounded it was palpable i know she doesn't take it personally she's just like love is love humans are humans She's yeah. a badass, or they're a badass. She's so badass. Mal was like, like honestly, you guys deserved a shot, which I was like, <laughs> yeah. they probably could have held that one to themselves, just in, in, out of respect for the fact that the two people were gonna like hear. I don't know. He, if if someone were to tell me about like a kind of an ex that I had, like you guys really should have given it a shot, I would have been like, I would have short circuited. So we would have frazzled. She would have been yeah, like, I would have frazzled. I would have been like, maybe we should have. <laughs> what do you think? As she anyway. plays with her hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so 
I, so Mal's primary concern was like, like, I, what this show clarified for me is that like, you're not as consistent. You're not as honest as I was giving you credit for. And I got played and I looked like a fool and you're out here worried about me as a partner or an apparent for your future children. And I feel, and I agree with this, that going through all of this stuff on the show only confirmed what a good partner I am and what a good parent I could be, which I it was so cool to see, like hear them honor that for themselves, which didn't surprise me at all. But it also mirrored how I was feeling throughout the whole show. I was like, this is a great partner. That doesn't mean yeah. that Yoli has to feel super in love with this person and like has to choose this person. I think to what you had said earlier, it would be a disservice to Mal for Yoli to choose Mal just for the sake of being like, you're the best fit for my needs. Yeah. Right. Um, Mal deserves more. And and it seems yeah. like there's a, there's a, uh, universal like consensus that that is true. Yeah. Um, I love that Mal was like, you inadvertently like displayed to the world that I'm a great partner. <laughs> and it's true. Mm -hmm. She did. And like Yoli, I want to make space like Matt, I feel I kind of feel for Yoli because like I understand that uh, I can only imagine, especially someone who might not be as emotionally mature as is Mal and maybe not like I think Yoli has a lot of desires that a lot of women have. Like I want to get married. I want to have babies. But they put it almost like they idolize it. They put it on this fucking pedestal where it's like I'm going to do that by any means necessary. And so for a while, like, yes, she loved Zan like Yoli loved Xander, but the argument was like, well, Xander has her finances in a row, but it's like, is, but what, what else? Cause it's like, we can always make money. We can always find money. That's not, but like the emotional maturity, much harder to come by. Right. So it's like, I felt, I felt for Yoli because I think she just has a lot of growth. I think she has healing that can happen to within herself to that'll help kind of bring her clarity on the kind of partnership she really wants um because yoli being self-deprecating even she was like you know i look like an ad for polly even though i'm not trying to be right now you know and yeah. i felt i kind of felt that i remember at one point i was like what are they gonna do be a thruple because that was yeah. kind of what i was getting like yeah. i was like wait are you guys trying to like make it happen and be like in that way um mm -hmm. So, yeah, now here's where it gets interesting to me because Vanessa is, like, sitting on the edge of her seat, like, blurting out and saying that um, that Yoli and Xander did try. And Yoli claps back and is like, couldn't wait to bring that up, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that, yeah, they kept in contact. They saw each other in Coachella. Supposedly nothing happened is what they said. Um, and then there was some discussion around maybe Yoli going to Hawaii to see Xander, but that didn't happen. And I guess Yoli forgot that that was even a part of the conversation. Um, so how much do, how much do you believe when like Yoli, Yoli has done this a couple times where like Yoli will not remember a thing and will sort of like go into like, I don't remember, like that didn't happen. Like that didn't happen. I don't remember it being like that. And then someone will like, usually it's Xander who's like, yeah, there was blank exchanged or, yeah, you know, we were talking about flights. And then you'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's done that a couple times. She did that at the cocktail party. Yeah. Here. 
What is, I'm just curious a, what you think. Okay, I have. There's two lines of thinking. One, mm-hmm. it could absolutely be a tactic to escape accountability. It's low key gaslighting. 100. Yeah. percent It could be. Mm-hmm. Um. Then there's also a part of me that's like, yo, I feed my dog breakfast sometimes, and five minutes later, we'll completely forget if I fed my dog breakfast sometimes. Memory. So I know. Yeah. Like so, it's kind of hard. Like I don't. I don't know her personally enough to be able to like make my own call and it didn't happen in an icky way enough on the show for me to be able to kind of track like where it's coming from yeah here's what i will say yeah what is it i will say i fucking trust mal and i will say that i fucking trust xander and so you know i trust that their experience are true but i because i've i haven't seen them lie i haven't seen them be weird and like gaslighty and evasive in those ways so i trust their experience more than what yoli conveys if that helps a hundred percent i'm gonna <laughs> add because i agree yes first bitch. of all first of all i totally agree with that like i i trust mel i trust xander yeah i agree with you when you said like this could be a tactic. This could be a memory thing. My early perception of this is just like, I'm giving Yoli the benefit of the doubt because of memory. And Yoli's not a perfect person. What I will say about Yoli is I think Yoli does not have appropriate boundaries in place Agreed. Mm-hmm. for the people that they're in connection with. Mm-hmm. Yoli we learn and we would have never learned that it's so interesting that they had their phones at this like in, in, in the show so usually fo- shows like this you don't you don't have a phone there is no phone no no so it's weird that they have show that they have phones and like if, if it causes conflict it'll be brought up but if it doesn't we won't even know how phones are being used which is crazy because there's so much room for connection and relationship mm-hmm. building even if you're not face to face with someone and we as people are so good at that now mm. so it's like i don't know it seems like too much out of control to be able to have as an element but if we did not know these things i would have never known this part of yoli which is like i'm with this person but i'm talking to this other person and i'm with this yeah. person but now i'm talking to this other person yeah. and it is kind of like Yo, girl. Not okay. What are you doing? Like, set some set some fucking ground rules for yourself. At least for yourself. You can't control what other people are gonna do, but set some for yourself that like if I'm gonna spend this time with this new person, let me not talk to my ex partner or let me like make sure that I'm talking to them about safe stuff. When I'm with my ex partner, let me not talk to the the new person I'm connecting with. And if I am gonna talk to them, let me make sure that it's super appropriate. Let me make sure it's super safe. Like there seems to be none of that and that's my concern about yoli agreed yeah 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 and um about the phone thing i read an article where the producers are like we have rules but not really because we try and only create (laughs) rules that we can enforce not rules we can't enforce and so they're like setting the expectation that you can't text your ex isn't something we can really enforce so we just let it be um and so, so then why have it yeah it's it's i guess weird. because it's, it causes it causes shit i guess yeah i mean hello they're just in it for mm. the drama really they don't give a fuck about these people as humans that's our <sighs> job yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right 
We care about yeah, you. Cool. Okay. I guess in a really Speaking. fucked up way, we could be thankful for reality TV for causing all these problems. Because in a backwards we talk way, about? they bring us business. Yeah, and they bring <laughs> us business, which is so shitty. Like, what the yeah. fuck are we doing to ourselves out here? It's like we're creating. Ugh, it's the social dilemma. We are literally creating hell on earth for ourselves. Sometimes it's, it's wild. The social dilemma. It's one hundred percent that. And I see your existential crisis, and I am with you and we are also putting a pin in it <laughs> we're moving on yeah i love we you we are moving on i love you so um, much <laughs> i love you too i i also like i get it like i see you i'm there i'm there multiple times a day every single yeah. day so like i i, I heard it and i was like mm, this is familiar um okay it's a listen it's a Tip dark spiral if we just let it go no no no, no not there oh yeah okay wait who are yeah. we going to next sam and aussie Oh yeah, so sorry, I forgot about them. They're amazing. It's, they get, Sam and Aussie get covered last, but I don't I want know. to cover them last. No. Okay, Sam and yeah. Aussie, let's go. They're still together. That's amazing. great. The only thing that is I'm curious about, I'm not concerned about. I'm curious about how they'll deal with it, but I'm so confident that they'll deal with it is the what what will happen once Aussie's parents and the rest of Aussie's family learn about their relationship. Yeah. Bro, I relate to Aussie so much here where like you live a double life where you keep things mm. hidden from your family because you know they're not going to accept you or them or it or whatever it is. Um, and so I get the fear and I get wanting to keep it private. I saw some of the other people on the stage shake their head in disapproval. Like that's stupid that you're keeping it a secret, but they don't understand the like uh, Aussie comes from a straight up abusive childhood home. Y'all like it's very clear with what we've seen. So, you know, you got to protect yourself. And so her not telling them is a form of self-protection. And that's something I would counsel my fucking clients to do. So right on girl um, or Aussie and Sam. Um, and what I do like about what I heard as far as this anxious avoidant dance that we've seen these two, you know, twinkle toe around a few times is I like that Sam was like look I'm sitting with the discomfort of Aussie walking away and needing space and Aussie is sitting with the discomfort of shortening that space and coming back to me as soon as they can right mm. and I thought that was a really good way to articulate it and it also made me go sounds like they might be working with somebody um and so mm. I hope that's exactly what's happening but the fact that they can at least articulate that and they're recognizing like this is the pattern this is how we're approaching the pattern is amazing so that gives me yeah hope. totally yeah very yeah. much very yeah, much so good job you guys they're gonna good have two job. weddings one in Australia one in the U.S. that's amazing really excited about that and the end the end literally the end for them yeah it was like good a two second thing yeah. Well, because we needed, I'm curious how long this reunion actually was because I know that we got a very chopped up version of it. Version. Yeah. Um, okay. Tiff and Mildred, which was honestly so fucking weird and hard to watch. It was so I hard to like watch. I felt like I was watching Jerry Springer. Mm hmm. It had Jerry yeah, they're Springer like, vibes. Well, they also, like, they had them at total opposite ends. So they have two, like, Two v rows of, of yeah, like they they're split up into different like actual sectioned seats, but like yeah, it's like a V shape where we have Joanna Spicer. Is that her name? That's someone else. Swisher. I mean, <laughs> who the Spice fuck girl is it Joanna up, baby. Spicer. That's a person, and I have no idea who that is. Joanna Swisher in the middle, and then it's everyone else. It's each partner. Um, 
directly across from each other and we have Tiff and Mildred all the way at the end. They are the furthest away from each other as they should be. Honestly, Mildred should be even further from <laughs> Tiff. Way further. <laughs> but it was crazy to watch them shout at that distance Bro. in that space. I wonder. I think I, that's why they did it. I don't even know where to begin with them other I than... I need to take a breath because this was hard. This was like... I, I have icky feelings about this entire thing. So first of all, the show sets them up by going into doggy love and shows like a montage of all of their little that's pets. So yeah, only to pitch it over to Tiff and ask how Shiloh's doing because apparently Shiloh had emergency surgery uh, over the holidays um, to the point to where Tiff, I guess, thought Shiloh might not make it. And holy fuck, from there, chaos ensues, honestly. Like, um, yeah. what happens is Mildred chimes in while Tiff is shared. This is where immediately I knew it was going to get nasty right at this first comment she makes, that Mildred makes. So Tiff shares all this, and Mildred chimes in and goes, what were the dates that uh, Shiloh had um, emergency surgery? I just want to make sure I have my facts straight. It was so... Like, from right immediately, I was like, bitch, get out of here. Like, what are yeah. you plotting? What is yeah. going on? Um, and so Mil Tiff goes, what do you mean get your facts straight? And Mildred says, like, well, we aren't on speaking terms. You're not allowed in my life anymore. And you texted my family on Christmas Eve saying that Shiloh wasn't going to make it. And it was super intrusive. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I need to come up for air. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, I, I, like, thematically, what we're seeing is Mildred's trying to create a case against Tiff in a very public way to yes. see that Tiff is... is the problem. Yeah, exactly. To see that Tiff is pictured as the problem in their relationship because Mildred is not comfortable being identified as the problem, even though like we have already seen very real life examples of Mildred contributing to the problem, if not being the problem. And yeah. uh, it was, it was, it was hard and it was weird because I also like, here's what we know is Tiff is identifying Mildred as a very manipulative person and an abusive person. And so it seemed like, what what's frustrating is that there's so much of their history that has gone over the last year since filming ended that Mildred's just bringing to the table in this very public setting when no one else can really confirm, validate, or like mm -hmm. fact check anything. Mm -hmm. And she, it just seemed like I'm going to use this opportunity with an audience. It's my last opportunity to throw out all of the things that no one knows about that no one can confirm and make my ex-partner look like the issue. AKA a smear campaign. Yeah. And it was yeah. rough because you see Tiff trying rough. to you see Tiff trying to challenge some of the information that's brought up and obviously get exhausted by that. You saw how Tiff was trying to like and even own up some of the things that that, that they yeah. were party to. But it just, at, at a certain point, Tiff got to a place where I think that Tiff knew they were going to get to, which is, I am dealing with an unhealthy person. I'm arguing with an unhealthy person. I am not going to be able to 
save face or preserve my, like my rightness or what I think is honest and true in my experience of this relationship in this space with this person who is so unhealthy, would this person would never allow for it. So I, that my only option is to remove myself. And that is quite literally, I coach people to do this all the time. It's like you, you, you can't like, no matter what you have to say, someone who is committed to misunderstanding you and painting you as the problem, there's no getting through to them. There's no having them see the light. There's no getting them to stop. There really isn't. So the only thing you can do is to disengage, remove yourself from the situation and then move forward by leading by example, demonstrating to the world that you're not actually that person, right? Like you're not going to sit there and fight fire with fire. You're just going to go on and live your life and people in time will see that that's not who you are. And so go ahead. And in the case of Tiff and Mildred and what was true for many couples, unfortunately, it would actually be dangerous for Tiff to continue. Very. Because what we also Mm -hmm. learn is that Mildred like, like, threw a bunch of stuff at her, physically hit her. Like, this person is not safe. I, I, it doesn't even matter what transpired in the conflict or, or the confrontation for, to, a, like, see that Mildred got to this level. This should have – that type of level of violence, uh, aggression and violence mm-hmm. should have never been relevant. And so this is, like, true to what Alex is saying – you cannot fight fire with fire, nor should you. No. It is not safe for some of us. No. Um, and so because of that, Mildred admits to us that she got arrested. Um, and then Mildred continues on to try and call Tiff emotionally immature, saying Tiff took financial advantage of her. Tiff, you know, at first Tiff is calm and tries to just like question and be like, what do you mean? Like, tell me more. What are you alluding to? Like, you know. And then eventually when Tiff kind of realizes like, oh, this is the game you're going to play, Tiff escalates and is like, I am not going to sit here and continue to be gaslit by you. Like, this isn't true. And she storms off crying hysterically, totally get why. And Sam goes after her. And here's what I loved. Everyone there was like, that wasn't okay. Yeah. Like Mildred just went off like berating, berating, just like dishing out all these things, not letting Tiff articulate, not letting Tiff speak their case, not letting anything else be. It was just you're the problem, Tiff. You did this to me. You did that to me. Again, to Bree's point, no one can confirm or deny. And so when Tiff leaves after the gaslighting comment, Aussie speaks up in defense of Tiff saying, you know, hearing that word reminds me of my experience with Mildred. So now we are getting confirmation that Mildred is the common denominator in her relationship experiences that is causing these types of really unhealthy dynamics. Yet Mildred is committed to not taking responsibility for how she's contributing to that. Um, Sam being fucking Sam in the most beautiful way runs out to go comfort Tiff and gives her a hug. And is just like, you don't need to defend yourself to her. You don't need to defend yourself to us. Like, you know, take care of you. You're done. You're done. You're done. And so Tiff leaves and uh, Sam goes back in and lets everybody knows um, that uh, Tiff will no longer be joining us for the rest of the reunion, which is the best thing that Tiff could have done, honestly, at that point. I thought that was actually a good example. And I'm sure that there's lots of people that have lots of feelings and lots of thoughts and opinions about it. But as two practitioners in this space, that is the best thing that Tiff could have done is to yeah. get the fuck out of there and no longer and fully disengage. 
if, yep. if block, the worst block, case block. scenario is that Mildred gets that free space to show up and say and and speak on what they believe is their their side of the truth and their experience with the relationship to be like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel so much better. I'm just happy now. First of all, I don't believe that. Talk about Me auras. Neither. That aura was not confirming happy. It was black. Yeah. That aura was that aura was confirming. I am prepared to tell anyone here anything that is going to make make it seem like I am good. My shit don't stink. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I. I it was. In, I think what was interesting was like Yoli was also kind of like, like, hey Mildred, like, are you good? Like, it there did seem to be some sort of reaching out for sympathy and empathy, which I understand in the case of like, everyone's a person here, but mm -hmm. this was such a weird moment, such a hard moment. I'm like, do we need to offer this person comfort right now? Right mm -hmm. now? Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting for show. Yeah. But... <sighs> okay. I'm okay. I just need a breath. Cause yeah. that was intense. That was hard to yeah. watch. Yeah. So what are we ditching? That. We are ditching. Definitely that. Fucking that. Yo, Definitely if that. anyone ever talks to you in that way, my my folks, you know, who who have been through narcissistic relationships and maybe you found our podcast from that, this was actually a beautiful example because so many people get like when I talk about how to handle a smear campaign, so many people think by disengaging, you're just taking it, you're just accepting it. But it's not that you're not just lying down from a place of complacency to say like, sure, go ahead and say whatever you want about me. Um, and I don't care. It's less about that. And it's way more your own self protection. Because like we just described, if you fight back, it will escalate, it's not going to de escalate the situation. So the best thing is to unplug, remove yourself from the environment, and then from there, seek safety and please get out of relationships like that. Like, that's what we're motherfucking ditching. <laughs> That is yeah. what we are motherfucking ditching. Honestly, like everything else is workable. All of these other couples, wherever they went to, um, workable. You know what's funny is you were like, mm -hmm. I think everyone should break up. Everyone broke up except for except Aussie, Aussie and Sam. Sam. The one couple that I was like, please don't. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think they're so beautiful together. I think they have so much potential. They just need the tools. You yeah. just need the tools. I Alrighty. honestly, because of the sensitive nature of the show, like I'm going to double down on what you're ditching. Say we're ditching anything that reminds us of Mildred and any version of Mildred until yeah. Mildred heals and recovers and on their doesn't, own. Yeah. And doesn't um, engage in, in relationship participation from a place of trauma and manipulation. Like, stay away yeah not the vibes not the vibes all right well Kay. thanks for hanging out with us here today on ditch the script pod if you liked our episode please leave us a, la a rating and review hit those stars screenshot it share it to the gram and tag us in it and we'll reshare it we love to see it um and make sure you are following us on the gram and tiktok at ditch the script pod and if you have any questions you want us to answer head to ditch the script pod.com 
And uh, we still have free 30-minute sessions if you want to hang out with us privately so we can help you with whatever's going on in your life. You can head to ditchthescriptpod.com slash podcast and apply there. That's it. I just had to dance it out. I loved it. Yeah. Make sure you head to our YouTube channel and subscribe if you aren't yet. That's also something else we would love to see you guys over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Peace and love. Kishash. <laughs>